Hey, Josh. Hey, Nate. How you doing this week? I am doing pretty good. It is like unseasonably warm over here. I think it must be like 29 degrees Celsius, which is like nice and balmy uh, for all the American <laughs> folks. And uh, yeah, normally it's like pretty cold this time of year. So it's uh, feeling pretty good about life. Cool. I don't know if we say balmy, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> can chalk that up as another uh, neat random descriptor uh, yeah i it's like is it that's that should be on our board is it a nateism or is it a canadianism <laughs> we don't know <laughs> uh yeah how are you doing i'm pretty good i'm pretty good it is warm here too uh um yeah to the point where i had a uh i was giving a final interview for a, uh, a candidate and like um at 10 o'clock this morning, but I usually do, uh, the bus, bus drop, bus, <laughs> bus stop drop off for the kid, one of the kids. And then I also walk the dog after, but I was in t-shirt and jeans and thought I'd be fine. But I was like, you know, came into that, came back from the walk and, you know, sweaty pits and everything. And I was sort of like <laughs> in my zoom, kind of like trying to keep my, trying to keep your arms down. Like, sort of anyway so yeah it's it's warm here too and um yeah so but uh but it's nice <laughs> that's the worst feeling eh when you're like trying to keep your arms straight oh definitely <laughs> been there <laughs> uh so today i have a question for you um i've been working on this uh testing thing we haven't had to gave it a name yet um, but I've been exploring that for a number of months doing, um, kind of seeing what I can build it into this testing thing. It's supposed to do automatic testing for, um, web applications, like kind of like a unit tester where you don't have to do any configuration. You just point it and it goes. Um, cool. so that thing, um, I'm thinking about starting to do like a little bit of marketing for it. Um, I was kind of thinking to like, you know, get a domain up, pick a name, think through like the value proposition, like actually write down what that will be. I feel like I have enough of a like understanding of where this, the technology can go to be able to like, you know, say that and kind of plant a flag as of where I'm going to push towards. And I guess, um, yeah, I, I'm, uh, you know, just want to hear what you have to, what your thoughts are on kind of going down that path. Is it too early? Is it too late? Maybe, I don't know. Um, well, it's never too late. <laughs> it's never too late um yeah and i would uh i do want to ask but i think i know the answer but mm. what is what is uh what has caused this uh impetus because in the past we've talked about giving yourself like a few months to kind of work on this stuff before we figure out what's next so what's what's uh what's changed yeah so i've gotten to the point where um I just started implementing the self-driving component of this, where it's able to kind of figure out how to get around the application. And it feels, um, based on my my testing so far, it feels like um, like this is achievable uh, within a reasonable amount of time. Um, and I can kind of, I, I kind of have some scope in terms of what could this thing do uh, from a mm -hmm. technical side. And so then I feel like I should figure out the marketing side so that I can, you know, kind of slim down what I'm doing on the technical side, kind of aim myself and be like, okay, that's where I'm going to go. I'm going to solve that problem. Um, and so that's the data I need to surface through this, the technical side of things. Okay. Well then my, my presumption is wrong. 
<laughs> I'll tell you what I was thinking of why, and you could say if okay. this has any, 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 maybe it's a, uh, a hidden, a hidden incentive or a hidden motivation. But, um, I was thinking because, you know, recently we did the, the walkthrough of your, uh, homepage for status list in addition to, so, well, tracking back, you know, we talked about positioning and copywriting and headlines and attracting the right audience and those types of things. So there, you brought up all of those things as part of mm. doing a one day marketing effort or a marketing sprint for this new unit test project. Uh, and also you've done some SEO stuff recently that has gotten some traction. So in your brain, it might be like, oh yeah, maybe I should start planting those seeds. So they start to grow mm-hmm. when I'm ready to actually capitalize on uh, maybe trying to get your first customers with that. So that's what I was thinking. So, yeah, no, and I think some of that is true. Like even uh, to get the seeds planted, uh, definitely. I think that'd be a good idea. Um, even if it's just the domain and the landing page, just to get some age on Google and that sort of thing. Um, I don't think I want to go into like content writing and all that stuff just yet. Like, I think that's more of a, after I've done more validation with actual people, um, but even just, just to have a landing page to have like kind of a, a value proposition and a, uh, an email grabber. Um, I think that that's kind of what I was aiming for. Okay, cool. Um, one thing I do have, so one thought maybe on this as well is if you don't have a name yet mm-hmm. and you're already building some level of domain authority for status list, mm-hmm. why not put it up on a status list page? Like status list slash unit test or whatever that type of thing could be. Um, You're already starting to gain some, uh, you know, SEO seeds or Google authority on it. Mm -hmm. You know, testing isn't that far off from like probably some of the things you're writing for status list. So it it could just start as a branch. You could always redirect those pages later, uh, but you could also just continue to seed status list, maybe do write a few articles of low hanging fruit related to testing and, and unit testing or something like that. Some, some queries that could be somewhat related, but, uh, and even, you know, put a little blurb on the site, see if anyone clicks on it, like a little headline to say, Hey, also working on this, if that's interesting on the status list page mm-hmm. uh, and draw them over to see if there's any interest over there. Have you thought about that? Yeah, that's kind of interesting. Um, I guess I kind of thought more about like building the domain authority as opposed to like the the page authority. Like I don't know enough to know like how much of a difference those two kind of play on things. Um, but kind of my thought was to, if I have a separate domain, then that like, you know, even if I do do redirects from status list, um, you know, the I would be building up the domain history and whatnot too by having a separate domain. Yeah. You can, you can do both. Um, this, this, this method would be much easier to start. Literally you could start today uh, without yeah. having to, um, hold yourself down to try to think of a name and buy a domain and all of that. Um, obviously you're savvy enough that you could point this all to the same server. So it's not like an extra <laughs> server cost or anything either. Um, but you could just start right out of the gate now. Um, in addition to, just like once you start having some level of domain authority, it's easier to, it just begets more domain authority sort of, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, so trying to strike, have two that are 
starting to build at the same time and someone goes, Hey, do you want to do, you know, do you want to write a blog post or a backlink or different things? And it's like, Oh, which one do I help? Which one, which site do I put it on? And you're mm. dividing your resources. Now, future, you can always split this out. So you can, once you even have a new spun up one, you can redirect them. So it's not uncommon mm -hmm. to have sites get bought, things to get redirected, things to merge or converge. Like, so you can still reroute them. Now, are they 100% worth the same quote unquote domain juice or authority? No, not 100%. But I don't know. I th in my brain, I think of them about worth about 90%. So it's still something. Um, it's still mm -hmm. easier to build on already uh, land or already farming, so to speak. Um, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of farming and seed and tree analogies. This is bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, once you pick an analogy, you got to run with it. So it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so food do, for thought. Do you, think, you could do that. Yeah. Do you think that would be confusing for people though? If it's like uptime monitoring and then it's like, Hey, we also did like this unit testing thing. It's like kind of like, you know, multiple things. I don't think so. I've seen other sites do it. I've seen other, uh, actually speaking of domain hosting and whatnot, someone on Twitter was asking about like best place to host, uh, WordPress, uh, for multiple reasons. Like, Hey, I want to host mm. multiple domains. I want it to be cheap but I also want it to be good and fast and whatever. Right? So <laughs> it's actually, I use a, mine, a lot of the stuff I use uses like a, like a droplet from, from a digital ocean plus this other layered service on top that's called server pilot. Um, mm. That essentially helps you just sort of manage the stack and everything. And then it's pretty neat. It's kind of basically just like its own little package, but gives you a management interface for WordPress and some other things to deploy multiple instances and manage the databases, stuff like that. Not anyway. That's cool. They, why, why, why it's relevant. Long story is they, they also, if you go to server pilot, I think .io, hmm. they've also been launching some other thing at the same time, like either a very specific high flutin, like related to like the Google cloud hmm. hosting thing of their own. Okay. Um, but it's right up on their site. And I know about it because it's there. I'm probably never going to use it, but it's confusing to me. It's very mm -hmm. clear server pilot is server pilot, but they have like links and saying, oh, by the way, you know, we also do this type of thing. Or we're, yeah. we're, for a long time, it was like, we're, we're tinkering with this. Is this of interest or whatever? So I think it's fine. I don't think it's dissuading anyone as long as you're not competing with your own CTAs and whatnot. And to be honest, right, like you're, your asset of status list potential users, like people that are tech savvy enough to kind of put in some some site monitoring, like it's can kind of get, it's a natural extension to be like, oh, you're monitoring your site. Oh, now you want to actually validate if it's working properly. Mm -hmm. It's not yeah. that far fetched. Yeah, that's true. That's pretty cool. Huh. Yeah, I've been using DigitalOcean droplets as well for my uh, WordPress instances. I do it the hard way. I just have like a playbook and I just build it up that way. But it, uh, it definitely is very inexpensive. I think it's like $5 a month or something like that. Like it's pretty cheap. Yeah. I might've moved mine up to maybe one of the $50 a month ones, but <laughs> yeah, if you have but, a big, uh, if you have a big site, you definitely need a little bit more juice behind it, but totally. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I had another thing I was going to talk about, want to talk about today. Um, I, well, was I did have some other thoughts on naming. Oh. 
Okay, go go for it. Let's go for naming because um. So when you were describing the service, just mm. some some just naming conceptuals stuck in my brain. So unit, obviously, like you could have the word unit in in your naming, yeah. like unit testing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, could be interesting. But also, you were describing the uh, like I don't know what did you you called it a roamer or something like that? Something oh, that's driver. Like, Driver, the driver, that's, right? And it made me think of Roomba, like a Roomba that is like yeah. mapping out and just basically, and that could almost be a good analogy. It's sort of like, like, and whatever you're naming this thing, whether it's like, you know, related to a Roomba or a, or a Roamer or someone, something else that you just like, you know, imagine when people first set up a Roomba, I, I've never had one actually, but it's like, you know, you put them in the room and it like maps out the stuff. It just like bumps into things and starts to map out its boundaries and figure out like what it can do, what it can't, and and makes pivots and eventually I think designs routes and does whatever. But I don't know. Those two concepts hit me as you were describing, like unit mm. and like I don't have the name, but it's like yeah. I bet you could find some words with the word compound unit in it and also yeah. something Roomba or roaming or driver or you know, something yeah. that's sort of autonomous, right? Like a self driving uh, self driving unit testing. Something, something like there's something there. There's something there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, interesting. I'll have to throw it into ChatGPT and give me a whole whack of examples. There you go. Play with. <laughs> it's actually like a really good use case for ChatGPT. If you need like a name for something or like a summary of something, like it's so good at that. Yeah, I mean, this the last previous episode we used uh, ChatGPT to name it. Right, this the the ap- last episode we were talking about domains. Uh, That's right, and. Uh, guilty pleasure i don't know what we had but i i took the, i think you we were throwing around names uh for what we we're gonna call the episode and i'm like hmm let me just throw this into chat gpt so i literally took some of the uh i think i i might have just taken the first i don't know like 10 minutes of transcription and just cut and pasted it and dropped it in and just said like Hey, come up with a name for a podcast episode for it. It was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty sweet. That's awesome. <laughs> so, Did you yeah. have anything else on the uh, the marketing stream of things? Um, other than I think it's a great idea. I mean, I think it's it's cool. good to do that. These little sprints are good. I think it. I think if you go over those questions we went in for a homepage, it's a good forcing function to kind of get you to refine your idea and and essentially get the rubber to meet the road, which is like at that point of customer intrigue. And mm-hmm. I also like that idea just whether you start a domain or not, but just even putting a little something on your status list. And maybe it's like on your status list login page, somewhere where it's like, you know, hey, by the way, I'm also doing this or something. You know, I don't know mm-hmm. how many users you have coming in, um, but it could also be in the email. I think you send them an email, right? It's like, hey, and then yeah. this, oh, if this is of interest, click here. You know, just could be just like in the email signature, but Mm-hmm. Use that asset. You got you got some people moving through, so might as well just uh, draw them to another page too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and fun fact on that: like the the SEO is starting to grow on status list. It's pretty neat to see, starting to nice. see some some people coming through and watching paths and stuff like that. It's pretty neat. Nice. So you're gonna start one of those uh, spreadsheets and track that all, like, or do you already have one? I have one that uh, automatically is emailed to me every Monday or something like that. It tracks um, that tracks more like signups and like um, 
you know, business metrics, not so much the SEO and like conversion stats or anything like that. But have you had an uptick in signups since uh, the traffic has been? Uh, it's still too early to tell. It's only been in the last week or so. But I've started to see okay. some traffic come out of it. So cool. And it's still, it's a trickle. I think it'll slowly get there. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So um, the other thing I want to talk about is I was reading um, a book called uh, Your Oxygen Mask First or My Oxygen Mask First. Um, and basically it's a, a leadership book, kind of self-improvement, um, talking a lot about making sure that you're, you know, kind of operating at your peak performance, so to speak, and kind of ways to tease out what that is and how to, you know, kind of design your life, that sort of thing. And, okay. uh, one of the quizzes on there was about trying to understand, um, what is your sweet spot? Like, what are you, where do you really like shine? um, in your work, uh, and in like, you know, your life in general. And so it has this quiz and it's got, um, you know, list five things in the past, you know, the past, like your, your life that, um, were really good things for you that you really enjoyed, uh, or you felt like you really like achieved something, uh, you did something really good and kind of like talk about what was that thing. And then what was your ability that allowed you to do that thing? And what was the environment that made that kind of happen for you? Um, and so I thought that might be kind of fun to, to go through together, um, okay. kind of see what, uh, what sort of things we might come up with for that. So you, you game for that? Sure. All right. So maybe not to put you on the spot, I'll, I'll do a short one first and then you can have a turn and we'll go back and forth. Okay. So sound right. good. Go for it. So, um, one of my achievements uh, when I was younger was to get my pilot's license through military cadets. Um, so basically to do that, you have to do like a five years of uh, summer camps and of training and of teaching and all of those sorts of things. And um, so one of the, like I, I'm trying to understand what the ability and the environment is for that. Um, I think part of the ability was just like, there's a real good challenge there. Um, like I really enjoy a challenge and I really like buckle down and go after it. Um, and especially if it's something that has to do with like understanding or learning. Um, so like learning how to fly is, there's a lot of technical aspects to it. And so that was really fun to learn. Um, and I think the environment that kind of made it work is the, um, I had a mentor at the time. He's an older guy that was a pilot. And so um, having him to kind of coach me along when I got stuck or when I wasn't sure about things, um, and then also like, there was a lot of self-exploration. It was like, if, if I wanted to go, if I wanted to learn a whole whack of stuff, I could just go and learn it. And if I didn't want to, then it would just take longer. Um, and it was kind of at your own pace sort of thing. Interesting. So like, let me, let me push on that a little But Environment also like, I, I'm also thinking about conditions in your life. So you were younger, right? So this was mm -hmm. like, you were what? like 12 maybe when it started or something like that yeah something like 15 that. 12 15 yeah. okay so like you had time <laughs> right like you didn't <laughs> you didn't have kids you didn't have work you didn't have you had school you had yeah. things but kids have nope. more free time right so like yeah, yeah. from a constraint perspective you had less constraints right and probably i'm sure like school was school it was like fun enough it was like okay but like what is something more interesting and like i could also you could also strive out and 
do for yourself, right? And it was also mm-hmm. opportunistic, right? So like the other conditions were this had to happen in a short period. You wouldn't have be able to have this opportunity another time. This wouldn't come in your twenties. This wouldn't so if you delayed starting this, you may not be able to do it because you mentioned, you know, using yeah. utilizing military cadets, right? That's right. Yeah, that's right. So that makes a lot of sense. And I think also like we lived right by an airport. So like there's planes flying over all the t- all, there's planes flying over wow. all the time. So it was like pretty cool. I didn't actually do my training there, but that was definitely uh, an encouragement to like, you know, you see planes flying over, you're like, oh, I could do that one day, you know, that kind of thing. Oh yeah. And it's and and the cool factor, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> I mean, as a kid, if it was like planes, rocket ships, dinosaurs, big trucks, whatever, like cool. That's cool. Sold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so what about for you what is one thing that uh if you look back on your life was kind of an achievement or something that uh that you did that was that you really enjoyed um i don't know when you were talking i I don't know what i was thinking about before when you first asked the question but after yours i was thinking about uh i was thinking about handball actually so um Hmm. Now, just because, again, in a similar kind of time scope, uh, you know, I've been playing handball for a long time, so it's been it's it's a lifelong like fitness and competitive has a lot of aspects to my life of why it really helps me and I why I enjoy it. Um, but when I first started playing, it was also probably similar time frame. I think I was maybe yeah, probably around twelve or so, mm-hmm. and in. I've always done other sports. I played soccer. I played competitive tennis and different things like that. But it, what's interesting is my dad played. So it hit on a like hang out with my dad type of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And we used to just play like weekdays and be in the evenings. We just head over to the local club and it'd always be with other people. It wasn't just him. It'd be, we'd play doubles with the people. And I was just this, 12 year old kid running around playing against 40 plus year olds, right? Like just, so, but what was interesting was um, like the conditions of it. It was as a, the skill was like a sport thing, right? So like, I think I enjoyed sports already. I, I enjoyed the incremental improvements of achievement and that type of thing. But the other interesting thing is like there weren't many other kids playing. <laughs> so mm. it wasn't a social thing. It was like a social thing with my dad, but mm. it was not um, like I wasn't really hanging out with my, my friends per se. Um, right. Is it more like a mature group of people? And like, did you converse much with them or was it just kind of like you and your dad versus the world? Uh, well, me and my dad did end up playing tournaments together as well. So I think Almost, and maybe this is, I don't know if this is akin to entrepreneurship or my wanting, me wanting to just, uh, you know, buck the trends or buck the common Mm. stuff, which is like, this was kind of my own space too. It was my own Mm. like weird space, which funny enough, you you talk about weird spaces, but um, (laughs) it's going to sound awkward, but it's like locker rooms, right? So there's like locker rooms in these places and at that time, you know, if you were a kid or anyone probably of like my age now, or even your age, it's like, it's like weird to go into locker rooms, especially with old people, especially with mm-hmm. old dudes that are walking yep. around naked. Yep. <laughs> right. So, um, 
But what's funny is I got inundated into that early. So I didn't really, wasn't concerned about it too much, especially with old people. Like I'd be mm-hmm. around and I'd get a shower and I don't know, is this, do we have ratings on this podcast? But but, <laughs> but I, I, I wouldn't have like, you know, you'd have a towel wrapped, you'd do other things. But what, what was interesting, it was like, yeah, it was just, it was unique in its own space. So mm-hmm. I don't know what else to say. It was just weird, but I excelled at it. So I'd go to tournaments and I'd, you know, at that point in time, at that age, I'd be one of a few kids. So, but I'd usually win the tournaments and stuff like that. And I, and I played gradually more competitively. There were eventually more kids roughly my age or of different age groups as I branched out into regional tournaments and different things like that. Yeah. So, but it sounds really like you, you're willing to kind of go outside your comfort zone to be able to do something, something that was new and possibly challenging too. Um, which I think is, I think is really interesting. Cause I wonder like, like if that kind of lines up with some of your attributes in business as well, where you're willing to kind of try new things and learn new things and go places where most other people will go uh, to be able to understand something. Yeah, I think so. And there's kind of a natural, like, I don't know, maverick or just like buck the trend type of thing. Like, hmm, no one's doing that. There must be, there must be something there, there, right? Like, let me just, let me go. And I don't care what anyone else thinks, right? So maybe, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, that could be interesting. Um, Maybe we'll do one more each. Yeah, sure. Sure. Um, I have a couple listed here. I got to pick which, which one is the most useful. Um, Okay, I had one from in grade nine. I had to do so ninth grade for you Americans. Um, I did a thirty minute presentation in front of the entire high school. So that's like grade mm-hmm. nine through twelve. Uh, it's probably like two two fifty ish people. Wow. Um, so lots of people. And um, what was weird about it is that nobody else had to do this. Um, like basically, what had happened is someone I knew was on students council. And they wanted to present about this uh, NGO um, that was relevant. And uh, they didn't have anyone to present on it. And I happen to know a little bit about that NGO. And they're like, well, you could just go do it. And uh, yeah, I I did it, um, which was kind of surprising to look back on. Um, So I think like some of the like environment was like, you know, my, my friend needed help. And um, I don't know, like, whenever someone asks for help, I have a hard time like not rising to the challenge, especially if it's a challenging thing and they don't really have a way out or something like that. Um, and I think also just being unafraid of a challenge and being willing to go for it. And then just, I think public speaking is maybe less difficult for me than some, for some others, but, um, or maybe I just go in anyways and kind of, do mediocre at it. <laughs> or, I mean, the fact that you did a 250 person thing that early on, like maybe after that, you're just like that sort of, uh, Hey, I've already done that. Like, it's not like, even when you said 250 people, I'm sitting there going, I don't know if I've ever done that. I don't know if I'd enjoy that. And, <laughs> but now to you, I think you, you know, after going over that hump, maybe, I don't know, you, maybe you're talking about what, how you felt like before it or after it, but after it certainly like is like okay i've done that i didn't die (laughs) yeah and i think maybe that's what i thought ahead of time too is like i didn't really think about how scary i how scared i would be i just thought well like 
that can't be that hard. You just go up there and talk and like, you know, you, you rehearse and whatever and you do it. Um, but True. yeah, like I still was very nervous doing it. And like, sure. if you asked me afterward, I probably wouldn't want to do it again, but I probably still would if I had to. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> like even now, like I don't, um, I still get afraid in public speaking. Like I often have to do public speaking, um, with the, the church that I'm a part of. Um, but yeah, like I don't particularly like going up there, but I also know that like by doing it, I can help other people like by either by teaching them something or telling them something they need to, they need to know or something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's interesting. And also probably at that age when you're first doing it, it's just sort of like, eh, okay. Like you didn't, it's almost like you didn't know what you didn't know. And it's like, yeah, there's less, <laughs> there's less, there's less like, yeah, there's, there's less fear because it's just not as built up. Right. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Yeah. You don't really know what you're getting into. So you're not scared because everyone's not telling you to be scared. So that's something you enjoy. Is that, so this was back to the same question of things you enjoy and speaking think, of the conditions or. Yeah. Talking from, about from your, the, from the questions about the book. Yeah. So kind of your, something that you've achieved or something that you enjoy um, and kind of the, uh, the ability that you have that kind of allows that to happen. And also the environment that allowed that mm-hmm. to happen. Um, yeah. So do you have another one for us? <sighs> I keep thinking of other handball ones, but that's, I think we've played that. What one about, out. <laughs> what about starting your, what about starting referral rock? That's, that's funny a, that I don't even think about that. Well, I don't know if that's necessarily like because we're on this podcast and everyone knows that type of thing. You know, I don't know if I'm like purposely just mentally, no. mentally blocking that. Um, I mean, yeah, it is definitely something I enjoy. It's definitely something that sort of, I know we've talked in the past about there, there's just certain things you have to do. I feel like to be an entrepreneur, right? Mm. The first is just, even having the like something pulling you forward, whether it's what, what is intrinsically pulling you forward. So is it an idea you have, or is it a goal end state? You know, some people say, I want to have independence. I don't want to work for anyone anymore, all mm-hmm. of that type of thing. So everyone gets in there for different reasons, but the real thing is like, is that going to stay? Is that going to stick? Is that going to mm-hmm. propel you, you know, further forward? So um, so what's pulled, what's pulled you along and what, what do you think is kind of the unique ability that you've had that's enabled you to carry on, like, and to keep pushing forward? Um, I think I just like to bet on myself. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's really it. I mean, I don't, I didn't, I worked for other people. I didn't have a problem with it. It was never hmm. like a bad thing, like having a job or just like, working for other people where it, where it did start to was just sort of like, huh, I can do some really impactful things, but I'm only getting like X at a X, you know, X commission out of the thing, or I'm right. getting paid a flat amount for Y, but I, I didn't have a problem with it, but it was like, I can do some things. I could do something that, that moves some numbers or that gets some customers or get people to pay. It's sort of like, huh, how can I maximize that, that, that value and i'm willing to bet on it i'm willing to bet and say you know i'm willing to roll the dice and be like i might come up with you know snake eyes and a pair of ones (laughs) or i might or i I could end up with batting you know average and i think that's one of those testaments of founders before which is like 
they'll say, you know, I did the same work for like half the money <laughs> type of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, so that, that's, that's me. That's what pulls me in. And I think the continuing to learn and the continuing to like solve problems, right. As yeah. I, as I move through the stack of, you know, early problems are how do you get customers? Second one is like, how do you keep customers? Okay. Third one is all the things you're doing. Now I'm running out of time. How do I scale myself? Like you just, mm-hmm. it just, it just keeps evolving. And I love solving problems and I love like putting them into systems and whatnot, and then like moving up the stack. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think those skills or those intrinsic like needs for efficiency and to, to optimize and, and those types of things. Um, plus the, the want to bet on myself, regardless if it's going to be like up or down or, you know, not worrying yeah. about the, you know, being okay with taking less and being okay with delaying gratification and not necessarily like, you know, may, even if it's worth me working part-time hourly to work on these other things that are betting on myself and spreading, spreading those types of things out. Like yeah. always something I would, would prioritize. So. Yeah. So kind of controlling your own destiny and, you know, being able to, yeah, bet on, like, like you said, bet on yourself. I think that makes a lot of sense. And so I think those like, are a lot of the skills, right? Those are the yeah. skills, but the environment is interesting because imagine it in a, you know, 30 years ago, it's like, if, you know, 50 years ago, a hundred years ago, the same, same skills, different environment. I don't know what necessarily, you know, maybe I would have become a blacksmith. I don't know. <laughs> so, um, but, but the environment constraints of today, right. We talk about the code that is available or just like, you know, uh, that anyone literally can go and like create a Stripe account and have a online business, all of these things, the 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 conditions and environment we're in today makes that just so much easier than than anyone that had that same set of skills like mm-hmm. and what they can do for themselves yeah yeah probably if it was a different time period you'd probably have a different self-run business i would think um something where you can kind of decide what's what's going on and also have you know a, a direct connection between your work and how much you're getting paid or how much you're uh, impacting customers is probably a big part of it too. Right. It probably would have been, it would have been a business. It would have been entrepreneurial. Like, um, mm-hmm. it's funny. It's like my parents didn't have any, didn't do anything entrepreneurial, but my like both of my, on my dad and my mom's side, grandparent, like my grandparents did. Oh, interesting. So, huh. That's kind of neat. Yeah. Both of my grandparents were, uh, self-employed as well. One had a, a larger company where you had a bunch of people working for him, and the other one had, I think it was just like uh, two people working together kind of thing. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's interesting. Cool. Any Anything else you want to say to this topic, yeah? No. I think that was actually a good one to round it on, even though that was not intentional, to bring it back <laughs> to kind of searching for SaaS types of stuff, but uh, entrepreneurial and, and indie hacker and, and business mm-hmm. stuff, so... Yeah, fun times. Lots of things cool. to talk about on the pod. Yeah, I am interested more about what's in your book. Maybe we can bring those up, uh, some of those other questions or whatnot, and see what you're drawing out of those mm-hmm. about your uh, your sweet spots and your these little fun points in your life and what the what's the next step? Are you supposed to like take those and 
put them in a mixer and shake them up, and then it's like, boom, you have your best life. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll there's, <laughs> yeah, we could talk about that for you. Sounds good. Awesome. All right. All right. Thanks, Josh. See ya. Talk to you later. Bye. Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you want to chat with us, we're on Twitter. I'm at Nate Bosher and Josh is at JLogic. If you're a new listener, uh, check out some of our most popular episodes. Episode 52, 7 Years to 22 MRR and Zombie Startups, or Episode 30, Review Sites Are a Necessary Evil and Hacks to Get Around Them. Thanks again.